Chapter 11 of Tom Swift and His Airship. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica Rolly. Tom Swift and His Airship by Victor Appleton. Chapter 11 the red cloud departs well dad i wish you were going along with us said tom to his father next morning you don't know what you're going to miss a fine trip of several hundred miles through the air seeing strange sights and experiencing new sensations yes i wish i would reconsider your determination and accompany us added mr damon I would enjoy your company. There's plenty of room. We can carry six persons with ease, said Mr. Sharp. Mr. Swift looked his head and smiled. I have too much work to do here at home, he replied. Perhaps I may astonish you with something when I come back. I have nearly perfected my last invention. There was no combating such as resolution at this and tom and the others considered the decision of the aged inventor as final the airship was ready for the start and every one had arisen earlier than usual on this account the bag of tools for which tom had gone to town were put in their proper place the last of the supplies were taken aboard final tests were made of the various apparatus the motor had been given a trial spin disconnected from the propellers and then the balloonist announced well tom and mr damon you had better begin to think of starting we've had breakfast here but there's no telling where we will eat dinner bless my soul don't you talk that way exclaimed mr damon you make me exceedingly nervous why shouldn't we know where we're going to eat dinner Oh, I meant we couldn't tell over just what part of the United States we would be when dinner time came, explained the aeronaut. Oh, that's different. Bless my pocket knife, but I thought you meant we m might be dashed to pieces and incapable of eating any dinner. Hardly, remarked Mr. Sharp. The Red Cloud is not that kind of an airship, I hope. But get aboard, if you please. Tom and Mr. Damon entered the car. It was resting on the ground on the small wheels used to start the airship when the gas inflation method was not used. In this case, however, it had been decided to rise in the air by means of the powerful vapor and not to use the wings and planes until another time. Consequently, the ship was swaying slightly and tucking at the restraining cables. As Tom and Mr. Damon entered the cabin, there drove into the swift yard a dilapidated wagon drawn by a bony mule, and it did not need the attention of a colored man's voice calling, Wah, dare boomerang, to tell Tom that his friend, Eradicate Sampson, was on hand. As for Eradicate, as soon as he saw the great airship, which he had never before beheld fully rigged, all ready for the flight, his eyes became big with wonder. 
Is that you flying machine, Mr. Swift? he asked. That's it, Red, answered Tom. Don't you want to come and take a ride with us? Me? Good lads, I must say. No, indeedy, Mr. Swift. And the whitewasher, who had descended from his wagon, edged away, as if the airship might suddenly put out a pair of hands and grabbed him. No, indeedy, I don't. I come to a little whitewashing, and when I do that, I squine on my way. But that's a powerful fire ship. It's all I am. Better come and try a flight, Red, added Mr. Damon. I'll look after you. No, sir, and I don't take a kind of your tamp me that way, nother, spoke Eradicate. But when he saw that the craft was stationary, he ventured to approach closer. Gingerly he put out one hand and touched the framework of the wheels. Just forward of the cabin, the negro grasped the timber and lifted its lighted. To his astonishment, the whole front of the airship tilted up, for it was about ready to fly, and a child might have lifted it, so buoyant was it. But Eradicate did not know this. Wonderingly, he looked at the great bulk of the ship looming above him, then he glanced at his arm, once more noting that the attention of his friends was elsewhere he lifted the craft. Then he cried, Look ya, Mr. Swift, look ya! No wonder they calls me Samson. I done lifted this monstrous airship with one hand. See, can do it, I can do it. Once more he raised the red cloud slightly, and a delighted grin not unmixed with a look of awe spread over his honest countenance. I suppose you'll give up whitewashing and join a circus as a strong man now, observed Mr. Sharp with a wink at his companions. Day that I will, announced Eradicate proudly, and that note I was that strong, but of course I'll have known I had some muscle. Golly, I must have grown stronger overnight. Now, Boomerang, you saw us. Got to look out for yourself. No more about cutting up carpets, or I'll just lift you up and sit you down on your back. I saw Will, and the negro, feeling of his biceps, walked over to where the mule stood, with his eyes closed. I guess I can cast off, Tom called Mr. Sharp as he entered the car, having seen that everything was all right. We'll not go up very far at first, until Mr. Damon gets used to the thin air. Bless my soul, I believe I'm getting nervous, announced the eccentric man. Bless my liver, but I hope nothing happens. Nothing will happen, Mr. Sharp assured him. Just keep calm when it feels as if the bottom was dropping off everything, and you soon get over it. Are you casting off those ropes, Tom? Is all clear? All but the bow and the stern lines. You attend to the bow line, and I go to the stern. And going over to the gas generator, Mr. Sharp started it so as to force more vapor into the red aluminium container. This had the effect of rendering the airship more buoyant, and it tucked and strained harder than ever at the ropes. Goodbye, Tom, called Mr. Swift, reaching up to shake hands with his son. 
drop me a line when you get a chance oh tom be careful implored mrs badgett her kind face showing her anxiety may i kiss you good-bye of course answered the young inventor though the motherly housekeeper had not done this since he was a little chap she had to stand on a soap-box with a ready cat brought in order to reach tom's face and when she had kissed him she said oh i'm so worried i just know you'll be killed risking your lives in that terrible airship ha not a very cheerful view to take madam observed mr damon don't hold that view i beg of you bless my eyelashes but you'll see us coming home covered with glory and stardust i'm sure i hope so answered mrs baggett laughing a little in spite of herself the last ropes were cut off good-byes were shouted as the airship shot into the air and mr sharp started a motor to warm it up before the propellers were thrown into gear the twenty cylinders began exploding with a terrific racket as the muffler was open and tom looking down saw boomerang awaking with a jump the moon was so frightened that he started off in a dead run swinging the rickety old wagon along behind him eradicate samson who had been feeling his muscles since he discovered what he thought was his marvelous strength saw what was happening wow there boomerang he shouted then as the tailboard of the wagon swung past him he reached out and grabbed it perhaps he thought he could bring the runaway mule upstanding but if he did he was grievously disappointed boomerang pulled his master along the gravel walk and kept running in spite of eradicate's command to wada it might have gone hard with him had not garrett jackson the engineer running in front of boomerang caught the animal eradicate picked himself up and gazed sadly at his arms the navigators of the air could not hear what he said but what he thought was evident to them then as mr sharp deadened the explosions of the powerful motor tom looking at the gouge noted that their height was seven hundred feet high enough called mr sharp and it was time for mr damon in spite of his resolutions was getting pale the gas was shut off the propeller thrown into gear and with a rush the red cloud shot toward the south passing over the swift homestead and high above the head of the crowd that had gathered to witness the start the eventful voyage of the air had begun end of chapter 11 recording by monica rolly